All right, welcome everybody to another episode of 21 Going On 77. I am your co-host, one side of the dynamic duo. I am Dwight, that is 517-2214. Joined again with my illustrious co-host, the brains behind the operation, the young savant. We got young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. SJ, how you doing this week? Doing good, doing good. How you doing? Man, I can't complain. It's been a, a little crazy. It's, it's almost like the the podcast guys don't want us to record this week, but <laughs> we here. We finally made it. So we're going to go ahead and get this uh, content out and record another episode. Our, our little musings and observations about the week in the NBA um, and our Dallas Mavericks. So uh, I will jump into it. Uh, this weekend, or I'll say this week, I should say, preseason started. Um, you know, our, our Dallas Mavericks played two games, got two Ws. Um, anything interesting from, like, I'd say around the NBA as a whole that, I guess, surprised you or caught your attention that, that raised, made you raise your eyebrows at? Hmm. Well, I mean, I should start by saying I haven't watched as many preseason games as I'd like. I've seen highlights. I've seen a couple quarters of some games. So I'll just preface by saying that. But um, raising my eyebrows, not necessarily. However, I would say the Bulls, they've been beating down these bad teams. They've played the Cavs, and I think the um, – oh, it's slipping me. I forgot the team that they just played. Oh, Pelicans. It was the Pelicans without um, B.I., Zion, and all that. So yeah. those are two bad teams, but they, they won by, like, 72 points between those two games. They look real fun. Caruso's a player. Like, he's out of L.A., and he's still very much productive. And I like that Levine. He can, like, play off ball now. And he's been doing that, you know, in the preseason. So he doesn't have to create everything. Lonzo looks real good, so he might have a breakout year. So I, I would say the Bulls look real good. But in terms of, I would say, so far, the MVPs of the preseason, I think it's a tie right now between Jordan Poole. He's been excellent. It looks like he's going to have, like, a breakout year. And Tyler Hero, he he should be looked at as one of the favorites for six men of the year because the shots are going to be there for him. And he's he's taking opportunity. I think he's at, like, 26 points for the preseason. Kind of same with Jordan Poole. He's at, like, 25 points. So they've been really good. So those are like my main takeaways from the preseason so far. Yeah, I, um, I, I, you know, I was kind of definitive on where I think the Bulls were going to finish. Man, I, I might be wrong. I, the boys look good. I know they're being really, really bad teams, but the fit is working so far. And, you know, I think you touched on something in a previous pod. Like, I think they're going to be bad defensively. But... Mm-hmm offensively they may be so good it just don't matter right so yeah and it, it that's the way it's kind of looking so far now it's two bad teams so i'm gonna pump the brakes a little bit but even though i don't, didn't i predicted they wouldn't be that good i like them dudes uh, I, I like every player on their team um so i hope they do good i hope they do their thing and the other team i was passionate about is going to stay warriors because i was like man clay thompson He's not going to be healthy. He's not going to be the clay that we know and love. If he even plays, you know, most of the year, 
I think that's still up in the air. I think that's still up for debate. But Jordan Poole is out there. Like, the, the moves he's – the way he's scoring, that's not – that's not like preseason dependent in my opinion. That's like, he's cooking. Like he's in his bag. He's being objectively productive. So maybe yeah. that, that, that wasn't something that I, I was counting on or I, I thought he was a, a decent player, but dude is good. So we'll see uh, if it stands up to test the time. Um, we'll yeah, see. I think it might though. I saw a stat that said like the last 36 games, I believe of last yeah. season, he was averaging like 15. Like yeah. great splits so he 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 can be in mip talks i think he he sh- will be in mip talks yeah I, we'll, we'll see i i because i think he's gonna definitely have an opportunity because I'm, I'm still on i don't think clay is playing until like january, january yeah. at the earliest and even then i don't know when you know we don't know what type of clay we're gonna get so I think he's gonna get the space and the opportunity. So, um, I, I, it, I know it sounds crazy, but Jordan Poole dramatically impacts where the Warriors' season going. If he keeps cooking, sure. who knows? Who knows? He could he could make yeah. it a shake. Um, it, it'll be real, real interesting, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Let's see how it shakes out. Um, moving on, changing topic to our our. I guess the reason we, we kind of started this joy are Dallas Mavericks. What'd you, what'd you think so far? Okay, so I watched both preseason games um, and I have not like too many thoughts because again, this is just the preseason and things are subject to change before um, opening night for the Mavs. But um, I think, I think um, it looks good. We're, we're undefeated. Um, there's still question marks but overall I'm, I'm I was pleased with what I saw um first reason being that Luca um fast forward a year later we can recall last year during preseason he looked bad like he just looked mm. bad like he was out of shape he wasn't playing well he couldn't move like he, he looked bad and obviously he worked his way into shape during the season but this this year he looks real good. I think both games he like had close to a triple double ish in just one half of play. He only played the first half, so um, I think he looks real good. He, he his three ball is still there, um, and he's driving, dishing. Um, so I like that. I like that he looks good to start the season. Um, going on to our second option for Zingas, he's also um looking pretty good i would say wait 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 a minute wait a minute you said his name so i know he's balling now (laughs) (laughs) yes i said porzingis is not tall man but um there's still concerns with him meaning that especially in the first game he wasn't great offensively he still looks um he still looks awkward you know when it's time to score in the post and stuff but that's like a it's, it's not a huge issue because he's so engaged defensively and that's what I've been you know saying this whole time that it's fine if his offensive game isn't on but he has to defend he has to be engaged he has to be engaged and he was so and the second game he played much better and to me it starts defensively with him 
if he's engaged, he's, you know, contesting shots, getting deflections, our defense is better. Therefore, if your defense is better, that leads to offense because then you can get out in transition. He was scoring a lot of transition buckets in the second game. Um, you can get out, you know, before the defense sets and everything, which makes your scoring opportunities easier. And for Porzingis, it's clear at this point, even in the two preseason games, the less he does, the better. Like the less he's dribbling, the better. So if you can get him into a spot where he can just turn and shoot or maybe even take two dribbles just to get to the hole, that's that's perfectly fine. And I like the chemistry between Luca and Porzingis so far. They've been playing well off each other. Um, I, I saw a lot of two-man game in the um, in the second game where like Porzingis was like reading Luca's space and they were doing well in the pick and roll and pick and pop. That was great to me I like things I love to see so um that's great for the two stars they they look like they're working together moving down to more of the starting lineup we saw it for the first time in the second preseason game but um I think it looks okay I'm still not a huge fan because I mean they were defending okay but I don't but that was against a Clippers squad with it was just like Paul George and a bunch of I, I won't say scrubs, but a bunch of, you know, not that great NBA players. However, when we start to face like real teams with their real, you know, lineups, I'm not sure how much that team is going to be able to defend. Like Porzingis is moving better, yes, but mm, the two big lineups with Dwight, I, I'm not sure Porzingis is going to have to be in rotation a lot. And how, like, my concern is can that be sustained? throughout like a full season you know what I'm saying like yes he can do it for a couple games but when the season really starts to wear on him is he gonna be able to you know keep up with that defensive intensity and all those rotations at 7-3 being in charge of you know close contesting out on the perimeter and stuff I'm not sure how that's gonna be sustained over a full season and I saw that in the first game I didn't see too much in the second game which I guess isn't a is a good sign because the second game is where we played our starting lineup, but they were like packing the paint in that Utah game. Mm. And it led to a lot of open threes. And I didn't like that. <laughs> I did not like that defensive strategy at all. Cause granted the jazz made some and they missed some and you know, that's the way of the game you make or miss them, but giving an NBA team open threes all game long is not a good idea. We saw with the Bucks, when Bud, Bud had that same strategy to you know pack the paint you won't score in the paint but you can take all the threes you want and it clearly didn't work they had to change it up and they changed it up and won the title so um that is a concern to me but like I said in the second game they didn't do it as much which was okay and finally to tie things together there was a quote by Jason Kidd that kind of blew up I didn't understand why it blew up um I had quoted it um Callie Kathleen, um, Dallas Morning News reporter, she reported that Jason Kidd said something along the lines, I don't have the quote in front of me, but um, just to paraphrase, it said something like, we're not going to shoot like threes all game, basically like we're going to try different things because your three-point shot could lose you and um, that's how you, um, or you can lose your three-point shot, but, and that's how you get an early um, exit in the playoffs. So I quoted the tweet with like, you know, a funny gift because I was referencing the shade <laughs> in that tweet. That little last bit about that's an early playoff exit to me, that was maybe a little shady. 
Um, it was. He's probably, yeah, he's attributing the reason why we lost early in the playoffs two years in a row is because we were shooting threes. That's what I thought, but it blew up for other reasons. People were saying, you know, like, oh, they're not going to shoot threes, this, this, that, and the third. And I get the concern because if you look at the Mavs roster, it's a lot of, um, it's a lot of shooters, like shooters who can't necessarily create. So they kind of feed off those three-point shots. So I get it, but I also get what Kid is saying as well. Like I've always said the Mavs need to mix it up. Like I understand that, I understand that there's not too many guys that can create, but still, like, there's still not one way to play basketball. So I wasn't mad at the quote people were, but, I mean, I don't know. We'll just have to see. So far in the preseason, I think we're tied for, like, 26th in, like, three-point attempts. And we're undefeated, so you can say yay, but at the same time, on the other side of the coin, we're shooting, like, 78% at the rim in the preseason. (laughs) we're not doing that <laughs> during the regular season. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to be shooting that high of a percentage at the rim. So we're going to need to be taking a good amount of threes and making them. So I think kid, I think he's working on it anyway, but he needs to find a good balance because the, yeah, there's no way we are shooting that high of a percentage at the rim during the regular season. And one last thing, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot, but one last yeah. thing, um, the young guys, I liked. I liked what I've seen from the young guys. Young guys this year, especially compared to last year. Last year they stunk. <laughs> like I'm so sorry. Like Josh Green, who was it? Um, Nate Hinton, um, Ty Terry. They they weren't good in, in the preseason, but it, it was fine because we understood that you know they didn't have um summer league and they didn't have like a full training camp so you know we gave them a pass but this year these these guys that we have they've been doing well like eugene um oh i'm, I'm, a, not, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Rui. okay yeah, yeah. There we go. i didn't want to butcher it but <laughs> so i, oh, I, I butchered it. it for you i got you yeah I'm, I'm stuck with eugene for now but eugene he's he's a player he's he's our two-way guy i think they'll they'll keep him i'm not sh- i don't think that they'll convert him to a standard deal. I think he'll stay a two-way for now, and we'll see him in um on the Legends, which is good. I think that's good for him. But he, I could see him being like a Dorian Finney-Smith type, like if if he develops well, because he he's like a Swiss Army knife. He could do a lot of things. He could, and the one difference between him and Dorian is that he can actually handle the ball. Like he can handle the ball. He makes nice reads. Um, he can um, his defense I want to see more of it not to say he's, a, he's not a bad defender but he's not like a great one either he's a yeah. pretty average defender um, which is good but he's a high energy guy so he's gonna you know die for loose balls he's gonna um, get offensive boards like that's that's the type of role players that you need you know on, on a team so I, I think he's gonna stick I, I really like what I saw from him um, Carleek Jones I, that's his name Carleek yeah, so Carleek Jones, he's another one I like. He, he reminds me of campaign, like in the sense that um, his jump shot is definitely not campaign. He can't, I haven't seen him take a three. <laughs> I don't think, um, or I can't recall, but he, he has a nice mid-range game and he has like these funky finishes like campaign around the rim. I like him. He, he knows what to do when he gets the ball. Um, the rest, um, M- McClock, M- uh, what's his name? Jordan... The other two-way guy, he, I think he might get cut. <laughs> we yeah. haven't seen much from him. Um, Ty Terry, he's away for personal reasons, of course. So we haven't seen him. And Josh Green, ah, Josh Green, 
I am still holding on a hope for Josh Green, but he has no offensive game whatsoever. Like he's, I think at this point, he's going to be, if if his defense even gets that elite, but he's looking like an Andre Roberson type that can make a pass here I, and there. I, I, <laughs> I almost feel like, I know you said that on the timeline. Yeah. But I feel like that's upside. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's like, upside. Like, 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 like that that's because Andre Robeson was bigger than him. Well, taller and than him. And he could defend. He was an yeah. elite defender. Yeah. Andre Robeson was elite. <laughs> he was elite and it's like I don't I think Josh Green is a plus defender, but I Yeah, he's not elite. He's not yeah. supposed to be the elite, yeah. yeah. And yeah. anyway, I I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my. That that's actually going to be. Uh, Josh Green is going to be the target of one of my rants, but. Yeah, but I just, I, I was. It's it's looking dark. He has no offensive game. Like he just, he, he can't make a shot. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he, his three, um, he his three ball, like his release looks still looks slow. You know, like he he can't create. Um, he he can't really handle like that. His handle is still a bit loose. Um, so it's just it's it's looking dark. <laughs> it's looking a bit dark because it's not like we have the developmental minutes to give to him to say, hey, you know, um, play through through your mistakes or like, you know, it's okay, like get the ball again. Because I I've seen what they've been trying to do. Um, in the sense that Luca like gives the ball to Josh Green, and he like pushes it up the court and that that was one of the things kid said you know in training before training camp that he wants them to play faster you can kind of see like luke has been like josh green has had ball handling opportunities and i i would say in the second game it went better than the first in the first game he he made like bad reads like he was trying to throw an alley-oop in traffic it got like blocked and he um yeah oh buddy yeah, read the play for him yeah, and he was trying to like create, and he took a bad shot. So it, in the first game, it, it looked a bit rough. In the second game, he was more, um, I would say, patient and and um, relaxed. But he's still not a guy where you're telling him to like, hey, go make plays. Like he's he's not that guy yet. And um, yeah, I just hope. I mean, at this point, I was saying, oh, hold on to him. He can develop. But hey, if you can include him in a package, you know, for an upgrade. I'm totally fine with that at this point. Yeah, he, I don't think he, he needs to to become the player that we thought he'd be. He needs he needs um minutes on like a team like OKC or like Detroit or Orlando or something. He he needs those kind of minutes. Yeah, um, kind of. My my take on the two preseason games, looking at it uh, holistically. Like, I, I, I like what I see, um, although I will say that first preseason game had real big last year energy. I like, like, I saw what they was trying to do, but it was it was kind of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. But that second game, it's, especially as far as, like, the whole KP Luka thing, like, KP still didn't look right. He still didn't look like yeah. he had his rhythm. But he looked better in the second game. Um, I like Lucas set a down screen for KP. KP came off that down screen and like got the ball and took a shot. He missed it, but I like that. Like, oh, I feel yeah, like, yeah. Like, I, I feel little wrinkles like that. Like, even if 
it's not just KP. Like I need to see Luca use more like that, right? And then you know if that plays not there, if it doesn't create a good shot, you get it to Luca with the defense somewhat compromised, and then he can attack all of that. I, I want I like, and this is crazy because I th- I don't think Rick Carlisle was a had poor imagination in the way he used Luca, but. He basically, you know, I get it, Luca's the savant, but he would just hand him the ball and say, figure it out. More, more often than not, Luca did. But I, I want to see him being used differently. And I, I like what I've seen in the little spurts here in the um, preseason because it's not even about, like, what's – I think one of the reasons Luca gets wore down is, like, his hand in the ball, let him figure out everything. We got to figure out ways, even if they're slightly less efficient than letting Luca cook of reserving his energy and letting somebody else do something, creating offense without him just breaking down the defense. So uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from that aspect so far. Um, Look, man, I'm not going to call KP tall man no more because he's playing defense. He's playing defense. That's all I asked. Uh, KP getting in his bag and, you know, that evolution, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I think the ship has sailed on that. Um, well, uh, maybe a year or two down the line if if he stays healthy, which is a massive question mark. But I don't think KP, you know, developing footwork and be becoming Dirk from the mid-range fadeaway, I, I think that ship has sailed. But yeah. KP can play defense. He's moving his feet a little bit better. And I think that... We need him, I hate to say it, but he could be exactly what he was last year offensively if he's what he is defensively. If he's protecting the paint and moving his feet and not an automatic bucket when he has to switch on a a, a player with skill and space, like, man, we, we, we working with something. You can do something. I don't know if that's a that's not a championship team, but that's a team that can make a deep run. And if you, you know, you make a move, you get that second creator. If KP playing defense, it just changes everything. It changes the ceiling for this team dramatically. Um, I think like with the with the young boys, Josh Green stinks. I stole, <laughs> I, I never said an NBA player stinks until I, I'm still in your verbiage with that. But you say it so emphatically and I'm, I'm swagger jacking it. Josh Green stinks. I would have traded his ass and Ty Terry for Goran Dragic, I still would have. People were up in arms about saying that, and it's like, I think that dude stinks, bro. Like, he just ain't got it offensively, and maybe he turns out into an NBA player. He's a good athlete, and he's a tryhard, so I think he'll be in the NBA, but like you said, he needs to play a lot because he was so raw. He needs to play on a bad team, and it's good. the only way a, a player of his caliber is ever going to be good is to play with the bullets flying. And I just don't think that's going to happen here. So yeah. I don't know, you know, not to rehash old stuff, but um, I don't know who was responsible for that draft pick, Sadiq Bay. I think we may be overrate just how good he is, but I know he's a good, he's a, I think he could be a rotation player on a championship team. Oh yeah, that's why I thought the I thought the Blazers were gonna take him before they traded the pick. 
I thought the Blazers were gonna take him for like depth because at the time, yeah, the Blazers didn't have any depth. So uh, I think, yeah, he can contribute to a good team. Yeah, but I don't think Josh Green. I I, I think it's less than fifty percent. Josh Green ever does that, and Ty Terry. You know, I know he didn't play. I know he's not available. He got his mental health issues. God bless the man. I hope he gets right, but availability aside i physically don't think he can play at all i mean he's he got hurt in the g league bubble he got hurt in the preseason like at some point what are we talking about here you know i just don't think he's i i I think i made a i posted i don't remember i think it was during the summer league this year that unless he takes performance and some drugs i just don't see him being an nba player and i stand on that like he's just not I don't know, man. I think he he can shoot. I think that's a definite. But I just don't see him being like, I I don't see him playing more than like 10 to 15 minutes a game in the NBA on a good team. I just don't. There's lots of dudes who can shoot. They can't do anything else. And they don't always stick in the NBA. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Ty Ty Terry, I wish he could have played um, this preseason to see, you know, if he developed something else in his game but yeah i i'm not like a huge fan of him either he's he's just too he's too small at the yeah. end of the day like his shooting isn't to me it hasn't graded to be elite and i yeah. don't think he has the potential to be elite because when we're talking about elite we're talking about like steph you know clay ray allens those are elite shooters um he, he's going to be a good shooter a very good one but not elite so if you're that small you're not an elite shooter but you're a good one you can't defend anything um can't you're not really a um a great distributor you know like t- yeah i i'm not really a fan no, of yeah. him either so yeah me, me, i don't me, know man i i i, I like <laughs> it's just it's stark when you watch uh i'm gonna try to i'm gonna butcher my eugene i'm gonna uh, eugene okay yeah eugene, eugene <laughs> um like that dude can play, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if he's going to be a great NBA player. He will be an NBA player for a very long time. It's, it's just, it's just interesting how he just looks better than Josh Green, like already as far as impact, like you see a use case for him already. Like, I think he could be in a rotation somewhat this year, not like every night, but he could play like he could play. And even uh, what's my man's name? Uh, McLaughlin. I don't want to butcher my man's first name. Yeah, Jordan. I think is it Jordan? Where did I get that from? There's a Jordan McLaughlin. I think plays for the Timberwolves. But the dude that played for us is like is. Uh, you're right. You're right. That's what yeah, I think. That's what yeah. I think. What is his? Yeah, I don't. I don't know his first name. Then <laughs> I thought it was Jordan. <laughs> No, no, like even that Jacory, Jacory, there Jacory, we go. that's what it is. There yeah. we go. Like, I know he's older than him. He's about to be 24, but it's like, I don't know. I even see him contributing to NBA. I just don't, man. I just think we blew those picks totally. And I, I don't want to, I'm tired of talking about Goran Dragic. Um, I am, but. I just, it was like a debate. I, I wouldn't trade those guys. But man, I told you, I'd have packed both of them up. And I I probably was wilding when I was saying it, but hell, it ended up going right because I don't think those guys will ever play. I don't think they will play rotation minutes for the Dallas Mavericks 
ever. Um, I just don't. I think by when the rookie contracts are up, they're going to be free agents, and who knows what happens after that. But I can't see yeah. it. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, we will just have to see with the cuts because it's confirmed. We have to cut what like five people. Or, oh no, um, you're right. We gotta cut about three people, so we we gotta see. Um, we gotta see what they do. Like Jacory, um, I think he's not. He's gonna get cut from that second two way. I think yeah. they might give the other one to Carleek. Depending, yeah. we have to see in the final preseason game. But if Carleek has another strong showing, I'd predict that they they give him that two way spot. Um, and Eugene, so it'd be Eugene Carleek. I want to say, I mean, Trey Burke had a good game. I, I can't lie. Oh, Nicole, he, <laughs> he did. A, he looked good. He I did can't. have a good game. He I, did. I he did. But, I'm like, oh, well. Like, I still want him gone, though, just because he's old. Like, I yeah. would rather Frank. Like, Frank didn't have a better game than him, but Frank, like, Frank showed some stuff. He could still dribble and distribute, and he could defend. To me, we need that more than Trey Burke, you know, getting buckets. So, um, and that's very few and far between <laughs> with Trey Burke. Frank's defense is always going to be there. If Trey Burke's not um, defending Steph Curry or, you know, if his shot is off, then he's pretty much useless. So um, I would like for them to, um, you know, have him go on his way and they keep Frank. But um, moving to, I wanted to briefly touch on the Mavs and their post-game presser interviews and their quotes like they have been any opportunity they get to throw a little shot at Carlisle they've been taking it especially for this like they've been every quote like seemingly is a shot at Carlisle like it's always you know last year we didn't get to do this or you know this year this is better um yeah so last year we weren't really having that much fun so it's like wow like I'm surprised granted I know like with the articles there was a lot of skeletons in the closet but I'm very surprised you know at the fact that they've just you know been shading him this whole time you know the fact that um um he's been the head coach for like 13 years and granted these guys haven't been there that long you know I think Powell is his you know longer longest tenured player under him and Powell hasn't you know say anything but I'm, I'm very surprised at the the shots that have been taken at Carlisle and I it's, it's fun now but um let's just hope that we are better than last year <laughs> because if not it, it, these shots are gonna look real funny you know in a couple months yeah um I, I I'll be candid I knew Rick was an asshole and I knew KP didn't like him. I knew Luca didn't like him. But like they, just the energy is different. Like they, they seem so happy. They just seem so happy. Just the energy, the the body language around the team, and like you said, any opportunity they get to to sub what took place last year, they they jumping on it. And man, it it was time for Rick to go. It was. It's just yeah. becoming like crystal clear. It was time for him to go there. For whatever reason, them boys was tired of him, and I, I, I'm just really, really, really happy. I think it. Like I don't think Jason Kidd is a great. Is some tactical genius, right? 
Um, even best case scenario, I think we all agree that's probably not going to be his strong suit, right? And we do agree that that was the one thing you can't take from Rick, right? He was, I think the GM survey said he was second or damn near first. I know he was second, but I think the percentage he was second in to whoever uh, was number one wasn't that close. So he was recognized as making great in-game adjustments tactically, yeah. right? But man, I just think them boys was tired of them. And I just, the energy they play with and that Luca, and the Luca and KP chemistry, like, I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's, it's interesting to me, like, like I want that athletic article to come out that details what changed between them because like them boys like each other and they look for each other. And we, we joked about it. Like, Luca has eyes in the back of his head for everybody on the roster. He was spamming Wes Wonder in the corner when Wes Wonder was playing. But his ass would ignore KP wide open at the top of the key for his shot. And they ain't doing that no more. And yeah, I think it was trust. My my guess would be trust. I just think that, you know, KP being in and out the lineup and when he was in, he was just so inconsistent. I think Luca didn't trust him. And with him having the ball so much, he just thought, you know what? Um you're open, but I can get this bucket. So I'm gonna get this bucket. You know what I mean? Like instead of just saying, hey, take the shot. I think now it's being emphasized that yes, you can get a bucket, but you know, let him get the shot as well. So and I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah. And I I think, you know, them boys see what happens in, in practice. They see how people are moving and you know, yeah. one thing I always when KP did have his random spouts of defense last year and he would run the floor and not get the ball it's like that used to bother me just if you hoop you know when you're big make a good defensive yeah. play you, you, you gotta, gotta reward them you gotta reward him for that and I feel yeah. like they never done that they didn't do that with KP damn near at all last year and I'm already noticing they are it seems like maybe because he's playing more defense and it's just what mm-hmm. they're doing but I, I'm a, when he would make his blocks, he touches the ball in a scoring position. Either he passes it or he takes a shot. Even if he misses it, it's like, dog, you got to reward your big when he plays defense. And I, it looks like they're doing that. I just think just doing that will will keep chemistry good. And like I said, man, I'm going I'm to stand on it. From a statistical standpoint, I think this is going to be KP's best year in the NBA. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, it's going to look the way it did in New York, but I think this is going to be his best year. I really do. I think he, he's bought in. He knows what's on the line. And, you know, KP only going to have two years on his deal with the option to opt out. Like, I think he becomes extension eligible this uh, next offseason. Yeah, I hope they don't extend him. Not, not to say, I just, just listen, let him play out the contract and then you could talk about it in free agency. Listen, <laughs> not I, I'm not saying I want it to happen, but Mark Cuban is our owner. And oh, if boy. KP balls out this year, don't be shocked if he signs an extension. I'm just, I'm oh, just saying. Boy. And don't be shocked if that's already been communicated to KP and his agent and KP has had that in his, in his back pocket as a extra motivation um, for this season. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. This isn't something I think is going to happen. I just know the reality of the business of basketball and what motivates dudes. So and even if KP don't end up 
Shit, even if it ain't in Dallas, he ball out this year, he ball out next year, he can opt out. Somebody's going to pay him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see. Anyway, so that's my take. That's what I think is going to uh, happen. I like what I'm seeing so far. Um, I, I do think, man, it, like you were saying, the, the comments on Rick Carlisle, and it, even, I won't say the, the, the shade they throw directly, but just kind of what they don't say is just like, yeah. uh, they really didn't look, no one messed with Rick. And it's just like, even like certain people, you know, because Dorian was a Rick guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Dorian loved Rick. Like, he was effusive in praise for Dorian. And it's kind of the same thing for Dwight. And it's like, even they ain't really been jumping out the window to defend him. So that's interesting. Tell yeah, me. I mean, well, we'll just, you know, like I said, we'll, right now it's all, you know, like, all fun and games until it's real. It's it's real. Like, reality is yeah. here, and you either are better than last year or you're not. And, I mean, based on the quotes Kid gave, um, it looks like um, Igor, I'm not even going to attempt his last name, but Igor, he has, looks like he has most of the control over the offensive um sets like kids said that Igor's calling the plays essentially and that Sweeney um is, is I think it's David Sweeney he's um defensive coordinator the, yes and he's working out the defensive schemes so I mean if, if that's the case I'm like if Igor is the one you know what I'm saying on the sidelines calling the plays I feel much 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 better than um if it was like kids solely having control over that because we know like Igor, he's creative offensively at the very least. <laughs> like he's gonna come up with some creative sets. So that makes me feel a lot better about the season. Playoffs, not sure, but season, I feel a little better about it. Yeah. Um, I, at this point, I kind of made a, you know, I think last episode, you know, I talked about how I'm optimistic. Um, yeah. I made a decision personally, like, I want him to win a championship. Luke is so good. I think he can be the best player on the championship team. And I think any year, any year you don't, you have one of those dudes on your roster and you don't put a, a roster around him that puts him in a position to do that, I think is a failure as a, a front office. I, I still believe that, but it's still a decent team. You know what I'm saying? And it's still yeah. going to be fun to watch. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. Um, I ain't going to hold you when Kid made his comments. And even some of the stuff he's made since then with the whole fake news uh, comment and some of the, you know, you know, what we going to, how we're going to utilize KP still yeah. has me a little nervous, but yeah, I like what I see so far. I'm optimistic. I'm having fun, which is, what's, what's the point? Like, that's what we're here to do exactly so um i guess this this is a bit of a live um i won't say update because kind of sort of an update i feel like we talked about it a couple pods ago but um Kyrie. so steve nash um and i quote he says i think this is about Kyrie irving he says i think we recognize he's not playing home games we're going to have to for sure play without him this year. So it just depends on when, where, and how much. 
So that's confirmation that he's not getting that vaccine. <laughs> like wow. he's not, he will not play home games. So that to me is very, very interesting in the sense that um that's that's big. That's very big because yeah. I I as you know, I live in New York, so I'm well aware of the mandate. It's it's very real thing. You can't go anywhere without showing your vaccination cards or anything like that. Um, so, and to me, the mandate, it works, one, and it should be in place because especially in places like New York and like LA, like there's a shit ton of people here. There's just so many people here. You need to regulate this thing. And a mandate does that. So, um, they deemed um, the Nets practice facility, they deemed that a private building. So he can practice for Barclays. There's like, that's, that's a public stadium. Like there's no way that will be um, deemed a private facility. So yeah, he, he just, I think it's like, what, 41 games? He's missing 41 games. And this is without like Kyrie's kind of, you know, he gets injured quite a bit. So this is without, um, you know, thinking about him being injured so not counting for his injuries so I I this is just crazy if he plays like let's say the Knicks and the Nets match up in the first round he can't play <laughs> like he, yeah, he yeah. just can't play that whole series and if 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 the Nets you know they're so deep like it's not like yes it's Kyrie Irving but they still have James Harden and KD and a deep squad so they're gonna still be good but let's say they get a you know a top seed like a top three seed you're gonna get um you're gonna still have home court advantage into the second round and you're not playing home games like that's that you're talking you're thinking about chemistry being disrupted the group won't have enough in-game reps the lineups are just gonna keep changing and to me that's not a recipe for success like they have a lot of talent but that's like think if if you ask me if it's the bucks and the nets matching up again and if they go through this whole season with Kyrie not playing home games and all that I'm picking in the box. <laughs> I am yeah. picking the box. You know, just for continuity reasons, they're coming off a chip. You know, their guys can play like I. Kyrie's dead ass, <laughs> and I'm surprised. Well, not really, but like Kyrie just seems like he's a he's the biggest headache I've seen in the league in a very long time. Very, every team he, you know, Cleveland he had issues with Braun and he wanted to leave Boston. We all know about Boston. Um, and then Nets, it's just been so tumultuous with this. So I, I just don't know. He's he's a headache, and I'm very glad he's not on my team. Great player, but I'm super glad he's not on my team. Yeah, it, it's like I'm of two minds with it because you know I I had my vaccine rant on the last episode, but at the same time, this is like. If you are going to have a strong stance on something, I do respect people that will stand on that shit and be like, man, I'm just not, okay, if I ain't going to play in half the games, if y'all not going to pay me, whatever it is, I don't care. I'm not doing it. Like, the people that I kind of don't, whether it's stupid or not, I do kind of look at people with the side eye, because especially when it comes to the vaccine or any political movement, it's like, everything sounds good until you're going to miss a check. And then it's just performative. Yep. And then it's just performative at that point. Wiggins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, bro, they didn't force you. You didn't have to play. You got a lot of money. Don't play. Like, you know, not to man, I'm not gonna go down that path, but I wish how can I say this? I wish that us as a people, um, 
you just actually took that tact with a lot of things like fuck it just risk it just don't play and even though i disagree with Kyrie on his vaccine stance totally i respect it he's like fuck i just won't play like what, what are you gonna do if you don't pay me the money cool you gonna pay me the money cool it is what it is and i respect him for that but from a basketball standpoint Man, I yeah, I don't think them them boys ain't the favorites. They are not the favorites. The league wide open, mm-hmm. baby. The league is wide open. Yeah. Because okay. of Kyrie's vaccine stance, like they, I don't know. I don't know. Like Kyrie just gonna miss forty one games and then miss half the playoff games. And like you said, like you said, if they play the Knicks, he's just not available. He's guaranteed not to be available. And then that also don't factor in, like you know, um he could still get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So he, I think he's been hurt pretty, I don't think Kyrie's ever played like 82 games. Ever. Oh, no. Yeah. So we're at 41 is probably really like 35. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I don't know. Like, I do not know. I can't call it. I don't think they're the favorites, even though I think they could definitely win a championship with KD and James Harden. But the East is not weak. The East is legit, like, one through mm-hmm. ten. So I don't think anybody's just running away with the East no more. There's, You got Detroit. You got Cleveland. Uh, maybe – and I can't even put Toronto because Nick Nurse not – I don't think they're going to be a, a playoff team or even close to they it. They're going to be playing. They're going to be they, fighting for the plan. I don't think they'll get in, but they'll be fighting. Yeah, the they're, they're, they're not – they're going to play hard. They have a good coach. Yeah. And they have good players. So they're they're not Cleveland or Detroit. So even so, they're maybe the what thirteenth or twelfth best team in the in the East, and you you gonna have to fight them. You can't just show up and run them off the court and uh, and, exactly. and don't forget KD. He's not gonna play eighty two either. You know he's still. He's, Dude, I feel like I love KD, so... and KD had an amazing run in his. You know, his splits were amazing, but KD played less than half the regular season games last year. Exactly. So him having to log a full 82-game season, you know, he is getting older. With no – I know it's him and James, and they 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 filled their roster out. They did. So they, yeah, they, they have sh- a deep squad. Yeah. That's, there's no if ands, or buts about that part. Yeah, but, dude, I, I, <laughs> it is funny, though. Because, like, I'm so conflicted about Kyrie, but a part of me is like, man, if I could hold my job like that, I would, too. I know I would. God, <laughs> I, I, I respect it on so many different levels. I mean, Even yeah, though I, I, totally I, disagree, I totally disagree with his vaccine stance. Yeah. But I just love a dude whose who's talent is so valuable that his job, because that's his job. Let's like, be very clear with what this is to him. This is his job, and mm-hmm. he's able to get away with it. I, I I appreciate it. I do. Yeah, I mean, like I said, at least um, he is, I guess, accepting consequences for his actions. That that's all. Like, it's not like Wiggins where he didn't want the vaccine, but he also wanted exams. He wanted to, you know, work around it to not accept the consequences for him not getting vaxxed. So, and then he eventually got vaxxed because he didn't want to accept the consequences. Yeah. fine Kyrie you're accepting the consequences that's that's cool but it's, that's up to you like I said you have freedom of choice but be aware that there are consequences that you want to accept and he, he's accepting them so can't you know can't say nothing about that but I know KD was saying that they want 
him there for the whole, you know, the whole thing and he won't. So I don't know how that's going to affect, you know, things on a, like what will happen if they go on a five game losing streak? <laughs> you know you know what I mean? Like yeah, how, Ky- how Ky- is morale going to be there? Yeah. Kyrie missed the home stand and they got popped. And they got, yeah. How, how is morale looking? Yeah. Then, you know, we just have to see. So we'll just have to see. And that's going to be an interesting storyline to monitor, I guess, as the season you know, goes along. Yeah. Um, hey, I do, you know, we don't have a Ben Simmons update. I feel like if you create oh, yeah. any basketball content whatsoever, you are contractually obligated to talk about Ben Simmons. Since <laughs> we don't have a, you at least got to get five minutes in there, right? But nothing changed, nothing moved during the Ben Simmons update. But I do want to point yeah. out my, 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 oldest adopted son Dennis Smith Jr. did give mm-hmm. a strong 10 points uh, efficient 10 points in like 14 minutes I, I'm, I'm just saying I'm just saying I'm just saying you know Josh Green is still out here collecting checks from the Dallas Mavericks um, uh, Trey Burke is he's going to collect a check uh, I don't know if he's going to be on the roster but he's going to collect a check but my, my, my oldest son is still looking good. So Dennis Smith Jr., gang, hive, we here. Um, we, we, I think he got a decent chance of actually making the Portland Trail Blazers. So we here. Really? I think he got a shot, SJ. He got a oh, shot. Let's okay, go. No, I, I was thinking that, like, I love that for you. love that he's, you know, he's showing something. I love that. But, yeah, I, I didn't see him making – Portland's roster at all just because you know Portland's a bit sensitive on time and their window and all that I think though he might get picked up somewhere else like I think he'll get obviously cut by Portland but I think someone else might 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 pick him up I think not I'm not saying right away but I I I don't think he's gonna go this whole season like without a job I don't think so so I, I just want my guy in the league. I want to argue about this 10 years from now <laughs> when you own the cover of some damn science magazine. I want to be able to say, <laughs> I want to be able to be like, and I'm still right about Dennis Smith Jr. You can be uh, a leader in your field, but you was wrong about Dennis. I'm going to hold that over <laughs> your head till, for forever. So. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. But um, it's we're recording this on Sunday and the game one of the WNBA finals is starting soon. And I'm just letting y'all know, if you haven't been watching the WNBA playoffs, you missed out on some very, very good basketball. Lots of storylines, lots of like last, um, was it Friday night? Um, We had, yeah, Friday night, we had elimination game between the Mercury and the, why am I forgetting, the Aces? Mm-hmm. Um, winner go home game, game five they play best out of five um so it's not like the nba it's not a best out of seven it's best out of five and that game was just excellent from start to finish just so much drama we had dust ups we had we had you just had everything you wanted for a, an elimination game and yeah. diana tarazi she's with the shits at all times like she, dog Someone got in, in her face and she wrapped the game up after that. <laughs> she promptly said, okay, enough of this. And she wrapped the game up <laughs> after that. So um, lesson to be learned. Do not mess with Dinah Tarasi. 
So we have the Chicago Sky versus the Mercury in a five-game series, and that should be really, really good. These are two great squads. You have a lot of, a lot of star power. You have two big threes, essentially. Um, well, mm, mm, Chicago has a, yeah, big three. Um, Kalia Cooper, Candace Parker, and Courtney Vandersloot. That's a big three, three all-stars. And then you have um, three all-stars on the other end in Diana Tarazi, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and Brittany Griner. So two big threes with um, deep squads facing off. So it should be should be a very, very great series. Yeah, I... Uh... Like we we were talking about this before we hit record, and I'll be honest with y'all, I haven't really watched a whole lot of um, NBA preseason that wasn't the Mavericks. I, you know, I recorded both those games and I watched them. Strangely enough, I, I don't usually watch the WNBA, but I don't know what happened. I think I was on Twitter and I was just sitting here at the house board and someone got to talking about it. So I turned it on and like, Dog, that uh that game five of yeah. of Phoenix and uh Vegas, that was a good ass game. I don't care if you yeah. if you love basketball and you if you love basketball, you know you know who Liz Cambage is. Shout out to mm-hmm. Bibbs. That's our that's our Amazon queen. Um Liz Cambage, you know who Diana Tarazi is. Diana Tarazi, if she ain't the GOAT, she's top three. You know what I'm saying? And you know, I I've messed with Diana Tarazi because she's about my age and she's still out there giving that yeah, work. She's old as hell. Yeah, she's still <laughs> there. You go again. There you go with the jab. You can never <laughs> let me make it, but she's still out there giving work and like dog, she cuffed Liz Cambage shit with the game that on the was, line. What are we yeah. talking about? I don't care. That was inexcusable. Bro, <laughs> dog, Liz, my Amazon eight. queen. What are we eight, doing? Bro. How do you let her beat your shit like that with the game on the line? And oh. she missed the putback after uncontested. Yes. She got blocked and missed the putback. Uh, that was just inexcusable. She had to walk. She had to walk, walk back. Walk, no, walk, it was crazy. Walk, walk and shame. And mm-hmm. you know they was talking spicy to. They was talking spicy to Tarazian. You know, yeah. I you I know I know. Like I said, you love basketball. You know who Diane Tarazi is. Every, if you know anything about her, she don't. She's with the shits at mm-hmm. all times. On the court, off the court, she'll fight you. She whatever you want to do, she with it, and she put her mark on it. Shout out to late thirties Hoopers still out there doing their thing. It was like I don't think, and like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and lie to y'all and be like I'm super WNBA fan, but that shit was great, and y'all need yeah. to watch it. And then Candace Parker. She a monster. She went back to the career, put the team on her back, and took them to the finals. They about to play for a chip. I'm watching this shit. I'm watching every game. Yeah. It's appointment TV for me, and I'm not I, – I kid you not, before the uh, the closeout game where Candace packed up uh, – shit, I forget the team they even played. Uh, the name of the team they even played. I didn't really watch any of it until – Candace packed up that team and then I watched oh on the sun the sun that was and they were and the sun was the number one seed that surprised me I didn't think they were gonna get um three one I thought it was gonna go to five they were the number one seed they came into the playoffs on a 14 game win streak 14 they were dominating they had the number one offense number one defense they were dominant they had the MVP they had the MIP like they were a dominant team and they went outside they kind of went outside Um, packed them up dog 
and Vegas too. Yeah, Vegas was the number two seed. They yeah. they were they, they they're stacked too, and they just same as Laster. They just can't get over this hump. Laster did have the MVP in Asia Wilson, and she played great. She like collapsed after the game. You know, she got her shot blocked um by Briner. So yeah. um, but she she had a fantastic game. She put Vegas on her back in that second half. She had a fantastic game, but Vegas, yeah, can't get over the hump. So it's yeah. two lower seeds, the five and the six seed in the yeah. finals. Yeah, I, I would just say if you love basketball, watch, watch the finals. It's it's yeah. storylines. That's just, just kind of gave you a rundown because yeah. I'll be candid. Like I said, I didn't pay attention to the WNBA that much this whole year, but it's playoff time. It's for a chip. Watch it. Um, it, it's it's legit. So. Um, Man, that's it. That's all I got. You got anything else you want to touch on? Nope, that's it. Oh wait, I did want to ask. Hey, who do you actually yeah. think is going to win in the WNBA Finals? Who who are you taking? I'm taking Chicago because here's the thing: I wanted the Mercury to make it uh, over the Aces because one, I have stakes. Chicago is my third favorite team um, in the WNBA behind. Um, my New York Liberty and um, the Dallas Wings. I do like the Dallas Wings a lot. So then it's Chicago. So I I would love for to see them get a ring. But on Phoenix Phoenix's end, I love Skylar Diggins Smith. She's one of my favorite players. So I want her to get a ring out of this. So either way, I, I can't lose. <laughs> either way, I can't lose here. But I think Chicago beats Mercury. If they got the Aces, I think the Aces might have edged them out because the Aces guards they they have some dynamic guards I don't think Chicago could have kept up with but I think Mercury's a better matchup to them I think Chicago I think Chicago might take it yeah it's just wild we had then we have Liz, the Dallas had Liz and Skyler yeah and Skyler yep and I don't even think we made the playoffs memory serves no me no well. I mean they were young um well yeah Skyler was like a young player um yeah but she's I, overdue for a ring so I'm I'm waiting for that yeah but anyway that's it um i'll be candid i don't have a strong enough opinion on either team to make a make a prediction but i'm gonna watch it it's gonna be entertaining i'm here for it um that's it that's all i got for this week we thank everybody for listening everybody rocking in with us um once again, I'm Dwight. I'm the old man of the crew. 517. Well, my ad is at 517-2214. The young prodigy, the brains behind the operation. Like, I know we don't, I'm going to go on the side here real quick. I know we don't talk about our personal lives a lot on here. But like, we joke about, I joke about SJ being the brains behind the operation. And I'm not going to put a business <laughs> out here. But like, she really is the brains behind the operation from like, in real life, like, I don't want to share information, but SJ smart for real, for real. So <laughs> when y'all come with some, I look at the arguments sometimes she be engaging in or you engage in on the internet. I'd be like, my nigga, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> stop stooping to that level. But anyway, um, I'm hoping this blows up to where when SJ cracks this code, I can say I was her homie and she'd buy me a house or pay my house off. So anyway, we're going to wrap it up. Thank y'all for listening, um, and we will highlight y'all next week. Peace. Bye-bye.